Hello, everybody. I'm Ashley Matthews, priest and lead pastor at Christ the King. And you're listening to the first episode of a four-part series we're doing through the month of October on what it means to be shaped by Scripture. One of our core commitments at Christ the King is that we would be a community that's shaped by Scripture, led by the Spirit, and strengthened by the sacraments. So for the remainder of the fall, we're going to give some focused attention to what that actually means. We'll be preaching from the lectionary and posting our Sunday sermons like always, but we're also going to post these midweek episodes to create some additional space for reflection and discussion around the more practical or particular topics that we don't have time to cover on Sundays. This week, we begin the series by asking the question, what is the Bible? Now, on Sunday, we reflected on this question through the stories assigned by the lectionary and answered the question in sermon form. Today, the approach will be a bit more practical because there are at least two distinct ways, very distinct ways, to answer the question, what is the Bible? There is the confessional or doctrinal answer. The Bible is the infallible, inerrant word of God, some would say. That's a statement of belief, a confession of faith. And then there's the academic or more practical answer. The Bible is a collection of ancient writings, consisting of various genres, attesting to the experiences and religious beliefs of Jewish and Christian people. That's a statement of fact. So we have convictions about the Bible, and we have facts about the Bible, and any attempt to answer the question about what it is has to take both into consideration. Because for the Christian, it is both things. It is the Word of God. God breathed, God inspired, and therefore we believe a divine gift with divine purpose and power. It is also the work of humans, a literary compilation that reflects the intentions, convictions, and limitations of its authors. And of course, it's that last phrase, the limitations of its authors that rightly generates the most debate, disagreement, and sometimes even painful confusion. How can the Bible be both divinely inspired and also reflect the limitations of its authors? If it is divine, then doesn't it have to be perfect, inerrant, infallible? God is without error. God is infallible. And yet, at least according to the Bible, Not everything he breathes into existence is in the same way. We know, for example, that God breathed Adam into existence, that Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into the disciples, and while the breath was perfect, the vessels were human, and therefore they were not. They had limits and the capacity for error. So when the Bible reflects the ancient worldview and limited knowledge of its authors, the question is, How are we to think about those limitations? Are they errors? Are they mistakes? From an academic or historical critical perspective, the story of Joshua, for example, praying for the sun to stand still, is an error. Some would say that the story is false because we now know, of course, in a way that the author could not have, that the sun doesn't rotate around the earth. From a cultural or ethical perspective, Stories in the Bible that contain violence, sexism, and slavery are flawed because they reflect behaviors and perspectives that, from our contemporary vantage point, are rightly considered morally and ethically abhorrent. 
but from a confessional perspective. The question for the Christian is, can the story both reflect the limitations of the author's understanding and still be perfectly true, still be inspired? Do the limitations of the author necessarily negate the intended purposes of God or limit the power at work through their writing? And for the Christian, the answer is no. The Bible is the Word of God. And the Bible is the work of humans. And any attempt to make it one of those things without acknowledging the other is a violation and distortion of its nature. Granted, this does not make for easy reading. It would almost be easier if we were to regard the Bible only as a kind of ancient oracle. It's to be feared, revered, obeyed, but not questioned. You don't have to understand, you just have to memorize, accept, and obey. But of course, it's not that simple. Even the most literalistic approaches to the Bible require some amount of interpretation and application across time and place. It would also be easier if it were merely an inspirational resource. It's there when you feel like you need it, to offer suggestions, moral guidance, emotional comfort. But of course, That severely limits how much of the Bible you're actually ever going to read. And what are you supposed to do with the rest of it? What we have in the Bible is, of course, neither of those things. The Bible actually isn't very good at being your oracle or your guru. The Bible is designed to be read and questioned. Not with respect to authority. The serious reader will be wise to grant the Bible's authority as a given. It is the word of God. But to question in order to gain understanding, that's a different thing. What does it mean to say the world was created in seven days? What does it mean that human sinfulness resulted in the flooding and uncreating of the world? What is resurrection really? Why did Abraham raise a knife to Isaac's throat? Why did Jesus turn the water to wine? Those questions and the desire to read and understand the world and convictions within the Bible, can actually, I believe do actually, lead us to deeper faith and greater wisdom. There are 66 books within the Old and New Testaments. It is a sacred library. But many of those books contain, even within themselves, various types of writing, narrative, history, Poetry, gospel, epistle, apocalyptic, and all of these types of writing incorporate and engage with historical facts differently. They do this by design. The author of Esther and the author of the Gospel of Luke have different aims, different methods, different intentions. The story of Esther, for example, contains certain literary clues intended to signal to readers the genre, the type of story it is, so that original audiences knew how to read and interpret the events recounted within it. Much like how when a story begins with once upon a time, we know what to expect. But the author of the Gospel of Luke is doing something different. He's going to great lengths to give us details so that we can piece together historical events. So when I read a statement like, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, I know that this person is trying to tell me about something that happened. 
On Sunday, I quoted Tim Mackey and John Collins from the Bible Project. The Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. I actually really love that way of thinking about the Bible. But we all know that this story is not like most stories. There are seams, interruptions, gaps, circles, seemingly a lot of missing details and important context. But again, what if that is by design? Not a mistake, error, or accident. What if the seams and cracks and gaps are meant to slow us down so that we will ask questions, so that we will talk to each other, so that we will pray? According to the Bible, when Jesus came, God made the choice to wrap himself in human flesh bind himself to the limits of time and space, and even allowed us to misunderstand him. He who is infallible put on at least the potential for fallibility. That's John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. So it is the conviction of the Christian That God entered into the human experience and subjected himself to a particular place, people, language, customs, and ethics with all of the inevitable limitations that come with that kind of finitude in order to show and teach us things that are transcendent, to show us and teach us things that are perfect without error or limit. My point is that the Bible doesn't just tell us that story. It is that story. And I believe we are meant to behold its glory. For more on this same topic, it is my conviction that you should listen to maybe everything that the guys at the Bible Project have ever published. But specifically, if you're curious curious about these things, how do we read and approach the Bible? The basics. You can check out their How to Read the Bible series. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts or on their website at bibleproject.com. Thank you guys for listening this week. I'm praying with you and for you. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Amen.